Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. And uh, boys, I'm happy to report that I'm sipping my Lagars Roasters Happy Ramp Signature Blend coffee out of a little bit different mug today. And uh, I'm guessing you guys have had a similar experience. Let me describe mm. what I'm looking at. Uh, I'm drinking out of a coffee mug that has a, an artist rendering, an original uh, piece of Megan Tennant artwork has been... Um, somehow, I don't know how they do this at Missional Wear, but miraculously superimposed onto a coffee mug. So I'm looking at a uh, pipe swinging a baseball bat, me riding a horse, uh, and retreat man running through uh, an airport lobby with lanyards flying. This, this is the most amazing thing, you guys. Um, when I opened this package today, I was, I was beyond excited, and, uh, and the coffee mug delivers. So, Pipe, tell them about Missional Wear. Tell them about where they can get other gear, what other kinds of gear they can get with our images emblazoned on it. Yeah, so long-time listeners will know we've worked with Mission Aware for a long time. They do all of our, our merch and our swag. Um, and so if you just go to missionaware.com, you search Happy Rant, um, you can find there are other coffee mugs with our just our logo on them. There are pint glasses. There are moleskin notebooks. There are both regular-sized and super-sized Yeti-style tumblers, uh, mm. which are great for carrying around your Ligaris Roasters coffee and keeping it warm all day long. Uh, let's see what else. There are t-shirts, uh, which are very comfortable. They're not the super, super thin, soft cotton, but they are very nice and soft and comfortable. They're not like beefy tea, heavy cotton. So they're a little sturdier. They'll last longer. They look great. It's just that nice sharp yep. logo on like a, what do they call that color? It's not, it's not blue gray. It's, it's a Heather, I think is sort of the, the name for it. So, um, and they are, they're pretty much always running a discount, either free shipping or 10% off if you use the code RANT at checkout. So missionaware.com, check out all the stuff. Um, the mugs that Ted is describing do look amazing. Ted, did you notice that I have a blue, the verified check on my T-shirt on this mug? <laughs> Dude, I noticed that originally when Megan uh, when Megan produced that drawing. I, uh, I I had to take a double take of the shirt. I'm like, what's on his shirt? And I'm like, yeah, oh, it's she, a blue check. She worked perfect. in she worked in like these perfect subtleties on all of these because Ted, you're carrying you've got the football in yeah. your satchel on horseback. Yep. Ronnie yep. has raisins flying out of his carry on. Uh, and and lanyard swinging and the five o'clock shadow and then I've got the blue check and my dog made an appearance as well. So um, dude, it's incredible. It couldn't be more perfect. Is so the thing. Here's the bad news for listeners: these aren't available yet since they just showed up today for us. Um, they will be. They will be available once we get all the deals worked out so that the artist is well taken care of in the situation. Um, but Dude, we yeah. got to get in a boardroom with Jeff, yep. just have some high-level negotiations. We don't want to bore people with these details. And, but, and as uh, creative people, we want to make sure that the person doing the creative rendering is, is uh, properly absolutely. taken care of, not trying absolutely. to scrub the artist out of this deal. So they will That's be coming right. They're not there yet. They look amazing. But you can find all the other stuff, missionaware.com, search Happy Rant, and then use the code RANT to check out for a discount of some variety, whichever one they have going on right now. I don't want to put the cart before the horse, boys, but I think Megan is going to get rich on this deal. <laughs> don't, don't you th- isn't that what you were thinking, Big R, as, as, as you know, Pipe was describing that, that business deal that we're doing? I just think she's going to get rich. You know, one of, the thing, one of the things people should know about us is that we don't just um, – we don't just make ourselves money. We make other people money. We make That's millionaires right. on this program. 
That's right. That's right. We're star makers, Big R, you know, and, and the older we get, the more it pleases me just to launch another career. You know what I mean? Just to, just to make a star. Absolutely. But uh, no, we're uh, we're thrilled with this artwork. Have we talked on the program? Correct me if I'm wrong. Have we talked about the Civil War uh, rendering that that Megan made? I don't. Not too long. Ago? I don't know I if don't that one made an appearance because it was no, because that happened a few days ago, right? Did it happen at the? end I think of it did. Time? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, like when we well, talked about. And what, she but. she did like the the initial renderings of all of us, and they were so spectacular. We've we've talked up that work, but then this was like a bonus because we had talked about yeah. you doing Civil War reenactment, and so it was just it was just <laughs> like a really awesome surprise. This was a side project, so yeah, the the rendering, if I could describe it, because Hans Booby, this is radio, not television. Um, I am. I, I think I'm like walking through the, am I on a horse again? I might be on a horse again. Um, and I've got a bullet wound in my arm. So the wound is like lashed with, uh, with gauze and you can see a little blood seeping through it, but I look very heroic in my, uh, in my general's outfit. And, um, Ron is sort of kneeling, you know, ostensibly by a campfire, but he has a little Chemex. He's doing a little pour over situation because if we were in the civil war, Ron would be a hipster soldier and he would be, he would be, um, you know, heating up his rationed coffee in, in that fashion. Um, and then pipes like leaning on a sword, looking very James Deeney um, in like a T-shirt. And, and he has a phone. So Pipe has his, uh, his, his cell phone on the battlefield. I'm, so I'm he can, tweeting your Civil War reenactment experience in your Tweeting uniform. the battle. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I love it, dude. tweet. Dude, it's we phenomenal. We just so, shoot guns. We got to tweet. Absolutely. Absolutely. If that, uh, if that hasn't been posted to social media, we'll, uh, we'll get on that post-haste. Uh, but speaking of things that we'll uh, that we'll get to post haste, boys, we have some compelling topics to talk about today. Some summertime type topics, and one that's tied to a current event. Now, Piper, you and I will fully unpack the implications of this on our other sports program that we don't want to bore Big R with the existence of. Um, but yeah, so the idea here is Big R. I don't know how much you caught about uh, the LeBron James incident. Uh, LeBron leaving. The Cleveland area, leaving the state of Ohio, breaking hearts all over the uh, the upper Midwest uh, to seek fame and fortune in Los Angeles and Hollywood. Um, how do you deal with something that you think is dumb, but people in your congregation are like legit broken up over? Because I know you think this is dumb. Um, like, what are you going to do if somebody if somebody like goes there with you conversationally? Oh, dude, I mean, it's going to happen. This is what's so crazy. This is what people don't understand about me with sports. Yeah. This is the only kind of stuff about sports that I actually find interesting, because Dude, I just, really. I, what do you find interesting about this? Oh, Let's I just, unpack I, that. I, I, Heart, see, heartbreak I, I and like misery. I like yeah, lifestyle yeah. stuff with sports, so I like okay. knowing what the guys are making, what they're doing. See, there's just nothing compelling. People have got to understand this. There's yeah. nothing compelling to me about men in sneakers holding like holding. There's nothing interesting about a basketball to me. Therefore, the sport just just carries no interest for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just watching men running on it like a court. It's, there's not, <laughs> there's not enough, there's not like not enough instrumentation there for lack of a better mm. word. Like, mm. like, like if there's something more interesting and technical about a basketball, I might be able to get into it, but there's just, there's nothing that can hold my interest. about. So that. the ball itself, you actually take umbrage with, like, I, I would think you yeah. would like the ball. It's too simple. It's just too simple for me. It's too mm-hmm. basic, right. To mm-hmm. use one of those millennial terms. Right. But, sure. um, but so this is what's it. But then when you start talking about a dude that's making decisions for 154 mil and is going to move out to L.A. because, you know, it's a big thing to join the Lakers and, you know, the legacy with the Lakers. Like now I'm interested. Like now okay. let's chat about sports. But what's funny to me is that, yeah, being here, 
I mean, dude, I mean, we're probably going to have our most packed like service in like since our since since we since we started this Sunday, all these people that are just kind of coming in all like moping out on the Maybe whole- listen to me. People are going to be looking for answers. Absolutely. Okay? You're going to need to meet them in their pain. And I hope you're ready for that. I, I, I hope your elders are ready for that. I am ready. I mean, I'm design- I'm trying to find I'm trying to find that one. I forget what passage it was that talks about basketball in the New Testament. So sure. I just can yes. design the message. I got my worship guy writing a song about like basketball and the gospel. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> there you go. I, I, think, I think Ronnie deserves a quick moment of credit for a pulling out the contract terms. Yeah, he, 154, he, 154 million. million. I mean, this was not a ballpark figure. This was as reported by Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, the the uh, the announcement guy. So, yeah, Ronnie, yeah. you deserve no, major incredible. credit for that because yes, you 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 were apparently very interested in this. This was not like, oh yeah, LeBron's going to a place. You're like, no, he's going to the Lakers of Southern California in Los Angeles for exactly this amount of money. So, kudos to you for locking in on the aspect of sports you're actually interested in. Well, I mean, it's like. I just I find it see I just I find it so fascinating that our boy LB like he doesn't need 154 million. But yeah, the guy's like, got all the money in the world. I, I know it's crazy Literally. to me because it's like it's like is he I mean obviously all these guys still do stuff for the money because they have managers that make sure that they're still in it for the money. Sure. But at the same time it's like because he, those guys really, get paid a percentage. Exactly. So but at the same time like this dude is like he's think like this will be the last team he ever goes to. Am I, am I wrong about that? He's getting a little older. Probably, will this be yeah. it for him? This will probably be it for him, don't you think, Pipe? That I mean, he has not signed a contract longer than like a uh, one year with an option since he left Miami. So it's pretty weird that he did four years. It seems like it because what is he now? Thirty three. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this will bring him to the. I mean, you know, by that by this late thirties, kind of had it, right? Yeah, you're, yeah. You're on the decline by that. He's definitely, point. he'll definitely be on the decline. Yeah, I'm just thinking, like, I have a couple of dudes in my head right now that, I mean, I, I guess, so the reason why I find out about this stuff is because I actually have people that, like, start, like, texting me all this information. So then they just text Dude, me. Dude, who texted to you? Do I know them? You don't, man. But is just it the, the guy, two guys in your town that I know? No, it's not. It, it literally wasn't either of them. But it was just okay. interesting because they, they texted me this, and I, so my radar goes off, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And then, yeah, and then, and then Big T, it's like just what you're saying. Like, I can't wait to, I can't wait to see how depressed everybody's going to be because <laughs> it's going to be out of control, literally. It's be amazing. Now, I have, I have sub-questions. I have follow-ups for both of you. I'm going to go with you first, Piper. Um, in light of this LeBron situation, who do you think is going to be the first reformed guy to write like a think piece essay about it? Um, tying in the tying in the concepts of fame, uh, materialism, uh, loyalty. So th- these are the kind of think PC sorts of uh, issues that we're gonna that we're gonna tread over in this you know hypothetical reformed essay. Who's gonna write it? Who's gonna be first to that party? Oh, pipes like I already wrote it. <laughs> no, I, probably some systematic theology prophet, an obscure institution, but it's gonna definitely go up on the Gospel Coalition. Just maybe the same guy who wrote the Why Tackle Football Should Be Abolished post. Because um, mm. I feel like, dude, who was right, that? I don't know. Yeah. This is right in his wheelhouse. Him being yeah. the the vague caricature of theologian delving into sports. Theologian delving into sports. So the the angle will be, you know, our culture is so out of whack when this is what we value. 
You know what? This is what we argue about. I feel like all that's the such a tired. Okay, okay. Well, let's let's chew on this one. I feel like that's a tired storyline. You're not wrong. Somebody's yeah. going to write that piece. Oh, but, absolutely. But what's the what's the nobody ever thought of it angle on this? Like, I feel like the nobody mm-hmm. ever thought of it angle is um, is a defense of LeBron in some way, shape, or form. I don't yeah, know what that you know is. What the, but the other thing, reform there. guys love. Reform guys do love justifying seeking wealth. Like there's a certain subset of reform guys that really likes to defend, you know what, go, go out and provide for your family. The Bible never says, you know, don't get rich. Well, do you um, think it's because LeBron also gives away so much money? They're going to be like, this is so much more good he's going to be able to do now with that 154. Dude, I don't even know if they're going to bring that into it. I, I think it's just going to be a like a kind of a small government capitalist mindset of like, go and seek your wealth. And, you know, nobody can deny you this because you've earned it kind I, of thing. I think you, you also touched on a very interesting point, And that is take care of your family. Cause apparently he, he has been exploring some excellent private schools for his children. Um, yeah. his, his wife loves Los Angeles. So this could be mm-hmm. a for, I mean, honestly, moving from Cleveland to Los Angeles is probably good for anybody's family. No offense, Ohio, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but, that's, well, isn't L.A. known as just like kind of a nice, quaint, sleepy place to yeah, raise a family? Really, I mean, yeah, very family-oriented. Dude, really the epicenter of family values yes. kind of originates in L.A.? Yep, yeah. very puritanical in both its work ethic and its uh, fashion style. A lot um, of stressing, absolutely. Yeah, safe, no, too, really safe, too. Dude, so safe. Yeah. You don't even have to lock your doors in L.A., Big R. No, it's Did just you just like leave Ash- the front door kind of swinging open? L.A. is the Ashland of California. Oh, sure. America's front porch. You know, <laughs> come one, come all. So, yeah, Dude, I, mean, this is I think so this, is a fa- this is a family values move is what this is. But you yeah, know what's so nuts, man? This is what somebody's going to say to me. And uh, Big T, I want to hear you comment on this, man. Yeah, sure. Because it was kind of fascinating because like Ohio and like we're close to Cleveland. They're very aware of like this idea that we need something. We need something positive for our city. And yes, so it's, like, it's the inferiority complex. It right? is. So like when LeBron wins, it's just like, man, this is all we have left. We're hanging on to this. This makes us feel like there's hope and sure. there's like a brighter future. And it was even and so, so check it out. It was so extreme that when who was the Chicago baseball team that won the thing a couple years ago? The to Cubs. The Cubs. Yeah. Even when the Cubs, this is what I got from everybody after the Cubbies won. Right. It was this. It was like, you know what? We're actually happy for them because we can relate to them. They needed something good to happen, just like we need something good to happen. If it couldn't happen to us, at least it happened. At least it happened. Dude, that's that's <laughs> such a load. Chicago is such a great city. You know what I mean? They they have nothing to feel inferior. But about. they feel like because it had been so long. Oh, the long suffering. But even like yeah. Chicagoans were talking like you don't understand. I had this one guy, this pastor out there. He's like, you don't understand, Ronnie. Like this was such a boost for the city. Like we mm. needed that. We needed this mm. kind of inspiration. <laughs> dude, that's <laughs> such a load dude, of crap. Dude, I'm serious. It was like, and I'm just, I just listen. And I go, yeah, totally, man, totally. <laughs> dude, see, I love sports, and that's a load of crap to me. Yeah, I, you know well, what I mean. And I come from, I come from a city, Minneapolis. Well, the Minneapolis St. Paul area that uh, is a beleaguered sports town. We perpetually yeah. suck and disappoint our fans. Um, sure. And yet, somehow, some way, it is a thriving metropolis with 
I mean, it, it ranks as like one of the healthiest cities. The job market is among the best. It's one of the best places to raise a family. Look at all these rankings. Yeah. I don't know how we do it with no championships. It's it's a miracle. Yeah, it's, Maybe, it's, I mean, it's, I guess it's amazing. It I guess the Minnesota Lynx, the WNBA team, are keeping us all afloat. But it's, yeah. It's amazing that you guys even get up in the morning. How do you do it with no championships? I, you know? I barely, <laughs> every day. It's, you know, it's like four Xanax and nine cups of Ligaris mm. Roasters just to, just to get into my day. And, uh. It's, That's the happy rank cocktail right how, there. How is Cleveland and the greater Ohio area going to do it, Ron? Can you get they're out not, of bed I mean, they're tomorrow? Not, they're not. I'm already thinking of a couple of guys that are going to come to me, and they're going to be like, you don't even want to hear about this. And I'm going to be like, oh, what, 154? No, I know all about it, man. I'm with you on yeah, this. 154 But, mil. you know, dude, here's the thing. So Just, I, just don't man, tell them you're from California originally. They'll think you're a traitor. <laughs> they already know that. Everybody already knows that because the plates on our car already said mm. California when we moved here, and they've never. And also because of everything us. else about you. <laughs> yeah, there's there's that too. It was it's just not the just plates, the plates baby. on the car. It was just the plates. Okay. There was nothing yeah, else the... that screamed California about me. No, like, absolutely whatever. not. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I'm sympathetic, man. I'm sympathetic. Yeah. I didn't grow up like I didn't grow up in sort of a. I didn't grow up in. I, I grew up in California suburbs, which weren't incredibly like sporty oriented. This is all sports all the time. So yeah. people just grow up with this mentality that if our team is winning, we are winning in life. And I get that. I get, I'm, I'm more compassionate and sympathetic to that now than I would have been otherwise. So I get it, man. LeBron leaving, uh, it's, not, it's not dumb. It's significant. In the grand scheme of things, it's dumb and insignificant. What are you, from Anaheim, Snoop Dogg? <laughs> Roll up. <laughs> Piper, listen. I want you to, to, to be ready for something. The savior, Kirk Cousins, is going to deliver a title for you guys this year. So the whole, the whole mindset of the city of Minneapolis is going to change after that. Um, you'll no longer be the, the, the sort of downtrodden, put-upon, uh, inferior sports city that, uh, that, that you've built your persona on. So I'm, I'm almost afraid of the Vikings winning a title because I won't know who I am anymore and yeah. like my identity as beleaguered, cynical, curmudgeon fan will just be erased, and I don't know what to Dude, do. Dude, seriously, that. so that's like a real thing with with Cubs fans too. You could no longer hang your hat on like, you know, well, we're gonna blow it, we're gonna find a way to lose, you know, harumph. Um, yeah, it's it's a total mindset. And I'm shift afraid of becoming point. insufferable. Like, think about Boston Red Sox fans. You know, they went whatever yeah. it was, 96 years without a title, and then they won two or three really quickly. And now they're just the worst. Dude, they became so hateable so fast. Yeah. Whereas before, they were kind of quaint and charming and, you know, everybody loved Red Sox fans. Yeah, I mean, because, they, they, oh, were, the they were like, they were all, all, they were all goodwill hunting. And now yeah. they're, you know, and now they're like, oh, just shut up. Just shut up, exactly. all of you. Guys, yeah, let's remember like, what program we're doing right now, shall we? Yeah. I, 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 that's why I threw in goodwill hunting. That, that's a reference that you would understand, Ron. Big R, I want to get back to that. Sports, it's coming. It's coming, boys. Just hang in there. I know <laughs> you're I have a, I have a it a bit. Just hang in there. I have a sports-related L.A. question for you. This is the last sub-question on this topic before we move on. Who is your favorite old-timey Los Angeles Laker? So as you think back to, like, the 80s Showtime Lakers of your mm-hmm. youth, who is your fave, man? Kurt Rambis. I was going to say, there's only one right Same. answer. There's only one right answer to that question, and it's Kurt Rambis. Yeah, Kurt Rambis. I Absolutely. Mean, you know? Well, that was easy. Yeah, yeah. that's easy. Yeah, but I mean, easy. you didn't really. I mean that. I mean that dream team. You didn't really have favorites on the dream team, right? You just you collectively you like liked all of them for different reasons. That's just how sure. it went. Great personalities. You know what? LeBron James will move out there, and he'll be the least interesting Laker ever. Like the Kobe and Shaq era will look like 
the Smithsonian in terms of interest compared is to it, the, I mean, the is LeBron. It, here's my question, you guys. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm keeping it kind of on the happier end sports. No, no. That's now, fine. I mean, is it too late for him to move out to a team like the Lakers and even establish a new era? I feel like it's too late for that, isn't it? Pipe, speak to that. Like a new era for the Lakers? Yeah, I mean, is he going to have a guy where they can be a dynamic duo? They can be a, you know, a Kobe Shaq? I mean, it, it, he's too old for that, right? I mean, can that even happen? Um, Dude, see, I, th- I, I think the era of collecting NBA eras is over. Like, it's just about, like, assembling the right mercenaries now. Like, that's, that's yeah, all the, it is. That's the thing is, it's, it is an era of stars. It's not like yeah. team identity doesn't mean anything. So Kobe and Shaq was an era, and then the Kobe era sort of, stayed around a little now it's just a time of like you collect stars and the uniform only really sort of matters to people in that city mostly it's when these stars played together and los angeles is a city of stars as la la land ronnie there's another movie reference for you reminded us so he'll fit right in and he'll like the the purple and gold the stars like that works but the lebron era in los angeles is just really the lebron era in a whole bunch of different uniforms absolutely well said, Pipe. Well said. Gosh, this was a this has been a great episode of Happier in Sports. And uh, until next time, <laughs> and to listeners, we apologize. Yeah, absolutely. And How do you guys sign off on Happier in Sports? You don't say Rachel the Held Evans, do you? Dude, no, we no. sign it off with the name of an athlete whose cadence fits. You know that cadence. You know what I mean? Oh. So, like Rachel the Held Evans, like rhythmically, we just pick an athlete whose name kind of. Is it uh, a different one every time? It's a different one every time. It's really fun, actually. Yeah, it's a, it sounds it's like cool. a blast. It is a blast. Um, you should listen, baby. Oh, I would never listen. But go no, on. Yeah. Let's go to the next topic. Yeah. I'm, li- I'm right. listening right now. I, so I am listening. Are you? Are we boring you? Right you now. you contributed really well. Like I'm, Dude, I'm, he did. I, I'm, I'm appreciative of your efforts, Ron. Piper, I'm surprised at what Big R brought to the table in that last topic. I thought we'd get a kind of harumph and an eye roll, but uh, he was engaged. He yeah. was thoroughly engaged. I feel like we might have – we maxed it out and then, and then kept going for about four minutes too long, but – we did, yeah. We overdid minutes, it. but okay. We overdid it. Yeah. By the time, by the time we got to Kurt minutes. Rambis, he was checked out. I'm going to say, um, oh, it's time to end the program now. But yeah, right. All right. Let's uh, let's get back to something that could be more interesting for for Big R. Uh, now that it's summer, uh, Piper, I played catch with my kid outside for a few minutes before we we went on the air, and it was roughly uh, 150 degrees out. Um, I think the heat index here in Tennessee is at like surface of the of the sun level. Dude, right? it literally is insane. It's like the nether regions of hell right Can now. Can I ask you guys a question yeah. sure. about heat index? So, yeah. You know, you look at the weather app, it says it's 94 degrees outside, but it feels like 107. If it feels like 107, isn't it 107 degrees outside? Doesn't matter yeah, how I feel you like feel, you go it matters what it is. But like what 94 is a pretend number if it feels like 107. And I can tell you, it feels like 100 and effing seven degrees outside right now because <laughs> yeah. the surface of the sun is, is about right. I just don't know what the difference between feeling like 98 and 107 quantitatively is. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's just hot and miserable. Are you going to die in eight minutes or in six and a half minutes being outside, I think is what Boys, it Boys, it's the to. humidity that I can't deal with because I grew up in that beautiful Los Angeles Lakers La La Land drive. Uh, just a family paradise out there. Yeah, I mean, it's, dr- it's dry. It's not all yeah. this like, oh, no, I walk outside and I feel like my insides are about to like melt down. You know, it's insane. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't. I don't know how to do the humidity. Maybe. Maybe that's why LeBron is moving out. I mean, if, uh, if we if we really yeah. get down to brass tacks, because I'm might sure be he spent every summer in Cleveland. His whole off season was spent in the lovely yeah. Cleveland. 
Dude, lovely. It, w- it wasn't in Miami at South Beach, you know, partying with famous people. It was Dude, no, no, no. He only wa- he only likes Cleveland. I yeah, think he'll probably still live here, even though he's with the Lakers. <laughs> I'm sure he will. Cost I'm of sure living is much lower than Los Angeles. Well, there's no yeah. doubt about that. I love it. I love it. He'll 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 barely get like three bedrooms with 154 mil in Los Angeles. Oh man, it'll, it'll be <laughs> a know? shack. It'll yeah. be like the it'll be like the shack. Yeah, he should he yeah. should write the shack too with William Young. I wonder what that guy's doing now. Remember that turd? Remember that horrible book? Whatever happened to that, man? Well, they made a movie last year. That's Did they? Happened. Who was in it? Uh, I think got a Kirk Cameron. You know, the same people that are always in these movies. I don't know. It had some A-list actors. It just looked like a really weird, like pseudo fantasy kind of thing. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I bet it was so bad. We should watch it ironically and do an episode about it. Like we a Mystery Science Theater 3000 on the Shack movie. Dude, it that actually, would be so it fun. actually looked a lot like that last horrible movie they remade called Wrinkle in Time. It like oh, I just watched like that. that the other night, and I'm going to add that it's like in my top five life decisions I regret. Because that yeah, you should have regretted that before you watched it, man. You know what? I read the book with my kids because I'm trying to be a good parent, like Ted was talking yeah. about playing catch earlier. Uh, right. And then I watched the movie and subtracted every positive thing I'd contributed to them plus like four other good books. Like it just subtracted I mean, it subtracted so all sorts of things. It was so bad. I mean Fiber just the fakeness of it, the horribleness of it, yeah. Because we're such good parents, I feel like we should move to LA with with LeBron James and just kind of be a part of the new kind of family movement out there. You know? I, yeah, I mean, it's I, maybe start like a homeschool co-op out there or something. I bet he would be up for that. Let me reach out to his people and see if he would be up for starting a, a, a homeschool collective in the, the greater Los Angeles just area. Keep it, keep it within the budget, man. And remember, it's safe out there. It's safe. Yeah, so. yeah. It's going to cost us like $8.2 billion to live out there. So we're going to have to sell a few coffee mugs. So, Jeff. Yeah, jump on it, listeners. Get the, get the word out. But uh, all right, since we're talking about movies, let's go here. Who are some actors who will make you see a movie? And then on the flip side, an actor who would make you not see a movie. Like if they're in the movie, you're out. Uh, let's start with that. Let's start with the negative first. Um, I actually have one to prime the pump on this. So the actor that I will not, I will not see a movie if this guy's in it is Eric Bana. Do you guys know who Eric Bana is? Yeah, he's the Hulk, right? Uh, he might be the Hulk. I'm not sure. He was in Troy. He was in the time traveler's wife. Yeah. I just find him to be the most boring, like JC Penney's model of an actor imaginable. And, and sorry to the Bona family. If you guys are listeners, um, <laughs> my, my apologies, but, uh, and I might run into him in LA when I'm doing like family stuff out there. I'm sure he has kids, but, uh, so that'll, that'll be awkward. But yeah, if Eric Bon is in the movie, I'm, I'm not watching the movie pipe. Do you have one of these? Did you ever see Munich? I did see Munich, and I thought he was it the, could have been. He was the phenomenal. lead in that, and it was it was tolerable. It was tolerable. That was the best. That that's the top of the mountain for Eric Bana. But even that movie, I thought, man, that could have been so much more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I would never rewatch it. All right, so actors, <clears throat> I feel like for me, there's there's a category of actors who I can no longer watch. So they once upon a time, and it's it's aging actors who are still they're they're now caricatures of themselves. So yeah. like Tom Cruise, for example, is, is he's not quite in this category because he still does fun movies. Like I'll probably see Mission Impossible 84 or whichever the next one is that's coming out because Dude, it's, the funny thing about those movies, though, is they all suck. Yeah. But I get invi- I, I get excited about 
each and every one of them, and I watch them, and I'm like, oh, they, this is a terrible they movie. They over-the-top suck, which makes them tolerable. Like, they're not self... That's they're not, true. They're not pretentious. It's like, no, he's going to hang from a cliff by his fingertips, and he's going to f- swing on a rope, you know, and not hit the floor, and then... And, you know, know, he really did that, and he really did that stunt, too, so that's Yeah, that. he, which is especially yeah. impressive, because he's 67 years old. Um, and so, he's close. Uh, Russell Crowe is reaching this territory for me. Because he hasn't acted in his last 11 movies. He just grumps and acts like himself. So he's real close to somebody who I'm like, why would I see that? If they'd put anybody with a personality in that, it would have been better. Here's what I'm predicting, though. I'm calling my shot vis-a-vis Russell Crowe. He's about a decade away from, like, awesome, grizzled old man roles. You know what I mean? Where he could just sit and, and be a grump and, like, harumph about everything in an awesome way. That's so, true. So he's, he's essentially Harrison Ford, of, you know, two decades ago. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's like pre-old awesome Harrison Ford right now. So he's got about a decade to wait it out, and then he's going he's gonna to come roaring back with a little bit of that. Okay. I can yeah. see that. Yeah, that's... He's like a guy, he's like a dude that feels like you, you get the sense he doesn't even like making movies anymore. Like he's he just sense that he doesn't even like anything anymore. Right. Like, it's <laughs> like he made all his money. It's like, why do I have to keep doing this? Yeah. yeah. Why do I have to keep doing this really awesome job that everyone in the world would dream about doing? Exactly. Yeah, this the, sucks. The, like, one scene like where his, one the one scene where his personality came through is the scene in Gladiator where he spins around at the crowd and yells, are you not entertained? That's him about every movie he's in to people who watch yeah. it. He's like, what, are you not entertained? That's, I think that's his, just his attitude towards Hollywood and viewers. That's sort of his, his life motto based on what I'm picking up. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Big R, who's a, who's a deal breaker for you if they're in the movie you're not seeing it? Dude, I don't know. It's probably more of a, it's probably more of a genre thing for me. Like, I, like pretty much like anything, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is in. Like, I, I just, there's no way I will ever watch that. I mean, the guy, I mean, just looking at the Dude, guy. Was there ever any chance you would watch anything with Dwayne The Rock Johnson in it, though? <laughs> Well, I mean, probably not, but like even just to see a even just to see a preview from him, I just go yeah, yeah. like like I feel like my life is like flashing before my eyes, and I'm thinking like like who's gonna go see a, a movie by Dwayne? And I know millions of people. He's like the highest paid actor in Hollywood right now, or something. And you just I, but I just look at it and I just go, yeah, I, it's not even fun for me. Like so, like, so, so here's like, a sub question: what like what hipster actor to balance the scales would have to be in a Dwayne the Rock Johnson movie to get you to go see it? Like who I mean, would it take? Literally, there, there's, there's literally nobody. Okay. <laughs> there's not one actor. Like, I don't care. Yeah, there's not. There's nobody that can redeem Dwayne. Even if it's like Jeff Goldblum, at like his most hipster ironic, he couldn't. He couldn't like reverse the Dwayne the Rock Johnson effect on a movie. Yeah, I just can't do it, man. I Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Like just Jeff, Jeff Bridges, maybe like just somebody who's always compelling, even if it's a weird movie. I mean, yeah, I mean, I do like Jeff Bridges, but like, but he's just going to be playing one of those token roles. Like he's going to be like the, the president of the corporation that, you know, the underground corporation Dwayne works for. And so, you know what I mean? So who like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, I totally get it. Pipe, what about, uh, what about guys or actors or actresses? They're in the movie. You're for sure going to see it. Who's on that list? Well, I'm going to be incredibly hypocritical right now. Okay. Um, And I'm going to. Pick an aging actor who hasn't acted in his last 24 or 28 movies, but he's awesome, and that's <laughs> Denzel Washington. Okay. Mm. No, I'm I with you. I don't remember the last time. Oh, no, that's not true. He killed it in Fences. Um, but pretty much everything else, Denzel plays Denzel, but he is the most charismatic person in Hollywood, 
and I will watch anything he makes and be thoroughly entertained by it. Dude, I thought he killed it in Magnificent Seven. That was amazing. But yet you're right. It was just him playing him. Right. What's the thing is like when when given when cast in a role where they're like, hey, we need somebody who has swagger, who has a little bit of wit, who keeps a straight face, who sort of has sage wisdom, but is also kind of bad. A like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, You're describing Al Mohler right now. He just shows up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Who was also great in the the Magnificent Seven. He was incredible. (laughs) Al Mohler's going to be so good in the Equalizer that he's going to kill. He really is. Al Mohler knife fight scene was incredible. (laughs) Dude, somebody please, listeners, Photoshop an Al Mohler image into one of these movie posters. Please do that. That would be amazing. Hey, Pipe, did you see that last super weirdo? uh, I think it it was in the theaters for about an hour and a half, that last Denzel piece. What was it called? (laughs) Had a really weird title. What was that? It was like the name of it was like the name of his character was the name of the movie. And he played like it was like a based on a true story. He played like a lawyer or something like that. They actually didn't even keep it in the theater long enough to finish the movie. It was it was a two hour movie and it was in the theater for an hour and a half. Yeah, it was 90 minutes. Uh, yeah. I don't remember. I don't think I saw that. But now I'm annoyed because if there's a Denzel movie I haven't made a point to see, I feel like I'm lying yeah, to our I'm listeners. Surprised you, I'm surprised you haven't seen that, man. That's well, I don't, I don't see I everything like I in the theaters because I'm yeah. not – I sadly, I don't make $154 million over four years. So uh, I will, yeah, however, stream it. it. You can get it on iTunes. It went straight – it was one of those. It like it straight was straight to the iTunes. <laughs> it, made, it had like one <laughs> showing at my theater on a Friday and then it went straight to iTunes the next morning. You know? All right. Nice. You guys answer these questions. I'm going to figure out which movie this was. All right, Big R, who is it for you? The actor, if they're in it, you're, you're there. Um, I would say this is as close as I can just come up with on the spot. I think you'll have some appreciation for this big T. Yeah. Uh, Paul Giamatti. Oh, Giamatti, man. Love him. Man, I love Paul, man. PG, man. Baby, PG is so money. I just oh. watched uh, – I actually just watched The Truman Show again, which is fantastic. And PG has a little, uh, he has a little side role in that. Do you have man. a cameo in that? Dude, more than a cam, more than a cam. He's like the the production assistant on the on the whole Truman oh, Show. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Program, yeah. He's he's yeah. really good, man. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. just like a harbinger of things to come for Paul Giamatti. It that was, was early Giamatti. I know, and he's one of those like he's one of those like super rare stars that like he just has to open his mouth and talk, and I yeah. just want to watch him. Like I'm just I'm just I'm, I'm just like he, I'm fixated. You know what super I mean? Super watchable, super compelling guy. He's so there. compelling, yeah. And Maybe um, what's your I, favorite Giamatti? Um, I really, um, gosh, man, I, you know what I love, man? He made this weirdo, he made this, he made this like magic movie called the illusionist where he plays like the, uh, he plays with, uh, I forget who the main character is, but he plays kind of like the chief of police okay. came out a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. Edward, that was a good Edward, movie. Edward Norton is a story. It's fantastic, man. And, uh, Giamatti, this has a little bit of this accent and he's mm-hmm. like this Danish police chief and he's just awesome in it. I loved him. In nice it. baby. Yeah. Nice. Giamatti, PG, man. There it is. The movie you guys were talking about was Roman J. Israel yeah. Esquire. And no, I didn't oh, see it yeah. in the theater, but I intended to because, yeah, he plays like a, a weird over-the-top lawyer. I think he might be like a civil rights lawyer. I'm not exactly sure. But mm-hmm. I'll definitely be streaming that via some service. Not going to give any names because they don't pay us to sponsor them. I feel like Denzel's done a whole sh- like subgenre where he's like homeless and trying to raise a kid. Is it one of those movies? Like he's like no, he's like living out of the back of a car raising I a kid. Think it's he's real a, heartrending. No, you know it's not. It's not like it, it, yeah. It's not like what Will Smith tried to do like ten years ago. It's more like <laughs> like ten times. Yeah, I was gonna years. say over and over and over again. The thing over about over, Denzel over. that you have to appreciate is like by his age, 
like you would think, and he still does these, right? You would think he would just be making these really bland action adventure movies to try to to try to get his own like taken, you know, genre or oh, or yeah. you know, like the, all these guys they end up just making like all the all the super action adventure ones. And he does make some of those, but then he still makes like weirdo movies that nobody watches, kind of like the one you just said. Pipe. But the so. the best thing about Denzel is that in those weirdo action movies, like Tom Cruise and Denzel are about the same age. Tom Cruise pretends to be thirty two. Denzel's like, no, I'm 66, and I'll still whoop you. Like he doesn't. Tom Cruise. Yeah, he he just he just shows up and he's like, no, I'm an old retired tough guy, but I'm still tougher than you are. That's that's Tom how Cruise, he they, rolls. They grab him by the ankles and dip him into a, a vat of black paint every morning to make him to to make his hair <laughs> appear young. It's the saddest thing. They yeah, dip him into a vat of youth berry tea, hoping to it's, it's so compelling. That would be better. That would be better if they would dip him into a. Yeah, vat at least of that. that would be all natural. It would. You know, what happened to TC, man? Because, like, when you look at him now, like, I mean, the dude's obviously in good shape. I mean, nobody's denying that. But, like, something happened to where, like, his face looks all, like, he looks wi- like he looks wider. Am, yeah. I, am I, am I yeah. making that up or what? I mean, Are you familiar fun. with the concept of aging? No. No, because I'm Ronnie Martin. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Well, for, for the rest of us, as you get older, gravity and uh, deterioration do things to faces and skin and you know wrinkles around the eyes. And I think that's just all it is, is he's starting to look approximately his age minus the black paint. But don't you think that he's a guy that visits his own personal on-retainer plastic surgeon like once or twice a month? I mean, that's kind of how I think of TC, right? I would hope so. I also think you know. he's insane, however. Well, he can't go to a plastic surgeon because he's – what is it? Christian scientist, and they don't do medical stuff. So yeah, he's a Scientologist. Mm. Pipe, you got that so wrong. He's not a Christian scientist. Okay, he's a Scientologist, man. Science, mm. science, Christian. I fear for your yes. life now. Sorry <laughs> to all Christian scientists I, I fear, out there. I fear that like L. Ron Hubbard Jr. is going to be like at your like <laughs> at your doorstep any minute now, just telling you a uh, Ronald J. Hubbard, Ron, Ronnie Hubbard. I, I think it. I think that's one of the most underrated crazy things about tom cruise is how deep into that he is how publicly mm. like disastrously corrupt that whole thing is and how yeah. nobody cares yeah yeah no it's fantastic why man. do you think i mean that's i mean to me that's so interesting because you know especially since uh, i forget what's her name that wrote the book and has done you know done all this work to expose you know the corruptiveness of the corruption of uh Scientology. rachel held evans no <laughs> why can't she go after that I feel like that'd be a good thing for her to turn after Scientology. Turn her gaze on Scientology for a minute, or Christian Science as pipeline. Either one, pick Mary, Mary pick one. Ready or whatever. Yeah, yeah, L. Yeah, Ron Hubbard one. is shaking in his boots. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think TC sticks with Scientology though? What, do you think he actually buys it, or is he just what is it? I have absolutely no idea, baby. None I, whatsoever. I think that. If you're brainwashed and in a cult, you don't see what you're in. Yeah, good point. So I'm fairly certain he – I think he buys into it because he's because he's – maybe that black paint's got something in it. He brainwashes him. That yeah. could be. That I, could I be. hope that black paint has some dye in it. I'll tell you that much. My uh, my actor is Brad Pitt. I'll watch anything that Brad Pitt Anything? Has. Really? Anything. anything. Dude, I've seen his whole library. Yeah, and I celebrate – all of it. What's the last made some movie? dogs of movies though? He has made a couple pipe. He's made a couple of real dogs. Troy was terrible. Um, we'll blame Eric Bana for that. What else has he done that's been terrible though? 
Like really, really terrible. Besides uh, Troy. Bab- was it Babylon or uh, what was the name yeah, of that one? Yeah. That one no, was, right. I mean, it was like, it was artsy bad, which is a different it was kind of bad, bad yeah, than Troy. It was forgettable stuff is what he's made. Just for it was some- artsy depressing bad for sure. But dude, Brad Pitt is such a great movie star though. Like I would watch him eating a sandwich, which is basically his entire body of work in all three Oceans movies. Um, <laughs> dude, he's great at the beginning of Moneyball, just like, turning a radio on and off in an empty stadium. It's phenomenal. Like, See, he, dude, I, that's what I think his, that's what I think his wheelhouse is. Big T is stuff like Moneyball, but like, I just yeah. wish he would make stuff like that. Dude. He's so credible as an ex athlete. You know what I mean? He's just got that presence. He's got that physical stature that you it's look kind for. Of, but, was, kind of down, but I like him in that down on his luck role too. I like that too. Look at this guy and you're like, well, man, nothing, you know, he's Brad Pitt, right? He's had like the, he said, like, the charmed life of all charmed lives, except for his personal right. life. Well, that's, the, that's all of them, right? But you kind of sure. go – but you love to see dudes who everybody wishes they were like to play roles where they're down on their luck. It's why, it's why TC was so effective in Jerry Maguire, you know? Yeah, it gives them a little humanity. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And that's Absolutely. what I want to see – that's what I want to see BP do, man. Just, just like I want to see TC do another Jerry Maguire. You know? It'd be nice. I'd watch Jerry Maguire too. Actually, the real Jerry Maguire, who uh, who I got to interview for a book project, it was it was pretty cool. But uh, his name is Lee Steinberg, and he's had kind of a like you know ascended to the top, like bottomed out for a while because of some things, and now he's back. So I actually think um, mm. Jerry Maguire too, that kind of followed that uh, that arc would be would be interesting. So um, Tom Cruise, Cruise family. Uh, Tom's representatives, if you guys are listening, I mean, this, this could be a great opportunity. So give us a call. We can, well, they are we can be involved, so. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they're listening. They're sure they're listening. He, I guarantee he'll bake into his rider for that one though. There has to be at least one sprinting scene where he just sprints away from the camera oh, at top speed. We got to get him sprinting for sure. I mean, that's maybe we'll get him sprinting through the airport with retreat, man. Get a little cameo for Retreat Man on the on, on the movie, and they can they can run through like an airport lobby together. I think that'd be fabulous. Can you keep, can you keep up with him, Ron? Oh, there's no way on earth. <laughs> no, no. Big, big big R. He's scrawny. He's not fast, so he'd have to like eat a little breakfast that morning to do the athletics. Yeah, I have to have some carbs, and I'm not you know I do a lot of carbs. More no, than, we're not something, carbs. something more than raisins and uh, youthberry. Yeah, I know exactly. that's, that's not what I eat. So. That's the that's the breakfast of champions right there, boys. We've got we've got like three more minutes left for just time for a quick topic. I want to know your best and worst summer jobs you've ever had since it's summer. Uh, best summer job, worst summer job. Let's go. Uh, let's go, Piper first. All right. Uh, best summer job was um, I worked landscaping. And which doesn't sound like an awesome job, but it was a smaller privately held landscaping company. So I was working with a bunch of guys my age, a couple of whom I went to church with. And um, we got a bunch of government contracts, which meant that we had to get paid like government union minimum wages. So it was like 17, 18 bucks an hour as a high school student. And this was this was uh, a couple decades ago, which means that 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 was even more money then. And so, yeah, I felt like I was just rolling for two straight summers doing that and doing physical labor is, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. So everything from planting to, you know, laying sod and building retaining walls and all that stuff. It was a really, really good time. The Absolutely. worst job. Let's see. I worked grounds crew at Wheaton college one summer, okay. maybe two summers, nice. Nice. which is exactly like landscaping except for like, 42 cents an hour with an right. angry boss 
uh, and like no room for mistakes at all. Because wait, why was he angry? I thought everyone was happy at Wheaton College. Oh no, this, this was is, this is news to me. This was just this was one particular guy was quite. Well, really, you think everybody who works at a Christian organization is happy? Um, <laughs> no, usually not the maintenance people. Um, yeah. because they're the ones cleaning up behind all the snotty rich kids who destroy yep. their property. But the other thing was like first day he puts up a map of the campus and he points to like four different buildings and he's like, these are our trophies. They are perfect uh-huh. all the time. You know, if anything is out of place, we hear about it. If we hear about it, you're gone. That was basically his, his pitch. Wow. And, uh, so gone yeah. Where? Like kicked out of the college? Right? Well, like, we, like, gone fired, dead. like fired you're from your, gone. fired from your minimum wage job in 98 degree heat. Um, I mean, you wouldn't really be breaking your heart too badly on that one. I know. Right? I was, yeah, I know. I was like, mm, maybe I'll just go dump an ashtray on the sidewalk there to see what happens. Um, but yeah, so that was that was not my favorite job. Some cool people I worked with there, but it was it was like all of the worst things about landscaping and none of the perks, the money, the company, the cool boss, any of it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Big R best and worst summer jobs. Maybe I don't even know how to answer that. I mean, I grew up in a rural community. There was like nothing nearby, so my dad used to just pay me in the summer. We lived on like a bunch of land. And he just paid me to like weed and like do all these project he'd ha- projects he had for me. That's, that's literally all I did growing up if I wanted any cash. There you go. So, yeah. So I didn't, yeah, I didn't have like my time working like, you know, at the fast food place. I, I, just, I just never did anything like that. So I, I, don't, I don't, I mean, none of it was enjoyable, but yeah. it's just, it's the only thing I know before I got out into the real world. And that's all I did. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So worst summer job. Similar to Pipe, I was uh, I was actually the campus mailman at Taylor one summer. So I had this big blue van, this old blue, like, today we would call it a homeschool van, but back then it was just a really huge van. Back then it was a kidnapper uh, van. Yeah, exactly, with no air conditioning. And I would load the van up with, like, packages and deliver them all over campus. That's my oh, job. Boy. And actually, it wasn't that bad, except um, I crashed the van one time. So I was just listening to music and not paying attention. It was totally my fault. I ran like a four-way uh, stop, and and a guy like barreled into me. So I crashed the van. That was that was tough. Um, worked with a bunch of awesome like older ladies though. They were super fun. They were they were really cool about even me crashing the van. It didn't seem to like fluster them at all. So um, that was probably the worst. The best summer job. Um, worked for the Indianapolis Colts one summer as a ball boy. So this was like Harbaugh era. It was Marshall Falk's rookie year. Um, so yeah, I was for a high school kid, man, summer gig. That was, uh, oh, yeah. that was pretty sweet. Pretty funny, What's the so. difference between a ball boy and a bat boy, big T? Well, really for us, man. I mean, I, I don't know what it looked like on game days, but this was more of like a training camp job. So uh, okay. we would just set up like the, you know, all the stuff on the field for drills, you know, before they would come out for practice, we would set all that stuff up and just, we actually like put the, the logos on the helmets and like did all the equipment things. It was, it was pretty sweet, man. Uh, for a high school kid who loved football, so it's kind of uh, the football was... version of a bat boy. Yeah, I, I guess. Having never been a bat boy, though, I mean, I can't speak with any sort of veracity into like what that what I, that life. I think the main but... difference, Ron, is that there are no bats in football. That's it. I mean, I didn't want to state the obvious, but but yeah, that's <laughs> a that's a big difference. That. You know, it's a bi- it's a big big difference. All right, guys, so. Rachel the Hell Evans. Okay, too much sports. <laughs>
Ron, you got to give us a signal or something, man. You got to like sniff if uh, if McGuire's in the room. Oh, um, I've been. I mean, I've been blowing my nose for the last forty five minutes. <laughs> Come on, man. I got Kleenex just flowing around my uh, my table here like mud. There you go. There you go. Well, it, this has been uh, this has been happier in sports. We have wandered to and fro throughout these topics, and until next time, Rachel the Held Evans. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.